when I think about the 1980s, I think a lot about movies and I think about songs that went along with those movies. Like I, I can't think of a 1980s movie that didn't have a song to go along with it. Yeah, and 1980s movies, it's kind of the roadmap for our lives I, I, or the roadmap for our perceived lives. Yes. How you thought things were supposed to go. Yeah, that's a pretty astute observation. Well, they call me Frank the Astute for a reason, so yeah. If we're going to think about movie songs from the 80s, there's a whole lot to talk about, and we will get to them. Yeah, there is a, a definite plethora to draw from here, but uh, we have one picked out today specifically, and uh, I think it's going to resonate with it with our listeners. Yeah, and it comes out of the biggest soundtrack from the 80s, or even of all time. I don't think it's far-fetching to say that this is the biggest album ever created in history. The soundtrack for 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 this movie for for Dirty Dancing. And if you were there, then you would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> if you weren't there, you might you might look at numbers, I suppose. Yeah. Facts and all the yeah. these chart statistics that uh But it felt huge. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty controversial, at least in my household. Dirty dancing as a movie was uh kind of taboo. Well, yeah, I mean the the actual dirty dancing if you were here you'd see my my air quotes the uh the just the whole grinding thing yeah. that 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 went along with it it just like yeah i could see in a in a conservative household how this would have been a little uh a little risqué actually very risqué even for a liberal household i, I would think in the 80s the uh, liberals in the 80s were well like conservatives today i think or, the soundtrack is Dirty Dancing. Now, I know Time of My Life is the big, big song, but we decided to go after She's Like the Wind, which is one of the three big ones. So you have Hungry Eyes, Time of My Life, and She's Like the Wind. Yeah. And then you have the the retro songs that went along with it, too, like Stay and, uh, well, other ones that I just can't remember off yeah. the top of my head. Hey, Baby. Was yes. That in there? Yeah. 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 Yes. But, uh, but She's Like the Wind is is really big because... It wasn't as an established musical artist who performed it. Yes, it was not. You're correct. So uh, Patrick Swayze, Patrick Dwayne Swayze, I don't know if that's his middle name or not, but uh, he looks like a Patrick Dwayne Swayze to me, was the singer and co-writer of the song. Yeah, this is amazing. The whole history behind it is incredible. He started writing it around 1984. Yeah. Yeah, and he was meant it to go into this movie called it was Greenlight U.S. Greenfield USA Ground and uh, Grandview USA. I have the Wikipedia page open. Yeah, here, so. oh, perfect. You know, and I for my research, I actually watched a lot of this movie. Oh, did you? It's horrible. It's a horrible <laughs> movie with all these like, big actors in it. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, is Jamie in Lee. It. Yeah, and and uh, Mr. Swayze, Mr. Patrick Dwayne Swayze's in this? Yeah. And uh, and there's another guy who, whose name I forget is also in it. Oh, shoot. What's his name? I'm going to look this up. Yeah, here. look this up so I can splice this in. Uh, John Cusack's in it. Joan Cusack. Um, C. Thomas Howell. Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, Michael Winslow, who's uh, the uh, sound effects guy from uh, um, uh, Police Academy. Yeah. So it was a lot of big names. And I forgot... 
things about 80s movies is that some of them were so poorly written, produced, and directed <laughs> that it seemed like these were bad actors. So I was watching Jamie Lee Curtis, like, this is really bad. I don't even, I, I don't really, I couldn't get the point of it. I mean, to be honest, I decided not to focus too much on what was going on. So I just skip around and watch different scenes. And yeah. it just felt really dated. And it just didn't have the power that Dirty Dancing has as a movie. Yeah. In terms of thoughtful sequences, thoughtful script, acting that actually Dancing. believable. Dancing. Yeah, this is not good. Thank goodness She's Like the Wind was not in this movie. Yeah, I think I think it would have been lost if uh, if it ended up in, in that movie because uh, Dirty Dancing was a big hit when it uh, when it came out, right? So, And actually, thankfully, it wasn't in Youngblood either. That's right. You know what? I was actually not so far off. It's Patrick Wayne Swayze. Well, there you go. So you're... Uh, Look at that. You're kind I of was... like mildly clairvoyant. Yes. Just not quite on the mark. It's it's almost like I had Wikipedia in front of me. Feel the breath in my face Her body close to me Can't look in her eyes She's out of my league Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. She's like the wind. Okay, so She's Like the Wind is our choice today. Yeah. Now, I have this, um, I thought we'd try something different. I wanted to come up with a good title for this. And so, you tell me if this works. GFP testimonials, personal connections to songs. Guilt-free personals? Guilt-free per- <laughs> personals. The personal section. Yeah. <laughs> so where we, yeah, we're going to work on that. But it's where we get our listeners to give us their testimonials on songs that we've done. Yeah. So this is our first go at it. And I was able to convince my sister to send me her own testimonial on She's Like the Wind. So I'm going to read it for you right now. She said, Dirty Dancing was huge. Everyone was talking about it, and everyone, all caps, everyone I knew was watching it. I don't know if you know where this is going, Frank, but I do because I was there. Yeah. Of course, we weren't allowed to watch it. So I remember that. That was a big sticking point. Yeah. I, of course, didn't mind because I thought it sounded really gross to me. I mean, I was 11. What not, was this, 1987? 87, so we would have been 10 years old. Yeah, 10 years old when it came out. So I'm like, I'm not interested in a bunch of dancing. Yeah. Dancing's for girls. That's right. I want to just fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, there's a little bit of fighting in the movie. There is. Yeah. That, I didn't realize this. So, but, well, there was sex in it. And that was the, the issue. Yeah, And so, you know, back then, this notion that if you let your kids watch this stuff, you know, that could lead us down the wrong path. Yeah, they might end up dirty dancing themselves. That's true. And so my sister wrote, luckily, one night when I was babysitting my cousin, my uncle had the video of the movie and I watched it. It was awesome. And now as an adult, I own both soundtrack CDs, Dirty Dancing and more Dirty Dancing. The songs were so great. Time of my life, amazing. Hungry Eyes was such a catchy and a very sexy song. We'll, we'll have to we'll look into that. We'll ask that question. <laughs> exactly. 
She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze, however, is the number one song to me from the soundtrack because it was the first song I ever danced with a boy to at a middle school dance. Hearing the song still immediately brings back the feelings and emotions of that time. When I listen to it, I feel the schoolgirl nervousness and butterflies. My palms almost start to sweat. If I can't give my full attention to the song, I can't listen to it at all because it's too much. The emotions, the memories, recalling those awkward times, I have to be able to just stop and take it in. It's incredible how songs can take you back to a split second to another time and place. So your sister has a very visceral reaction still to this song. Yeah, she does. Wow. Now, I don't know if mom and dad are listening to this. <laughs> well, I know that they listen. So. Yeah. So, I mean, my big question is, what were you doing at a school dance? I thought we weren't allowed to go to those things. <laughs> so, I think dad's going to be calling you later tonight, maybe, to discuss yeah, uh, yeah. just what happened. On my end, I refused to watch the movie in solidarity with my family, so yeah. my rebel sister who went and watched these PG-13 movies. So, I just saw it only about three years ago. That's the first Are you time. Serious? I, yeah, I saw it three years ago, <laughs> and Ashley's just like, "What do you mean you haven't seen this?" Like, I just just didn't interest me, and it was really, really good. Yeah, the sex scene I, was kind of uh, it's kind of heavy for a PG thirteen movie to me. I was like, "Well, it's probably better I didn't see it when yeah. I was when you were grade 10. seven, yeah, or ten. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it because, uh, like you, I have an older sister, and she she rented it. And back in the day when, when you would rent videos and everything, you would watch them like five times over just to get your money's worth out of it, right? Yeah. So I think I saw it that weekend like five times because uh, there was only one TV in the house and what else was I going to do? Use my imagination or read? Like, no thanks. Isn't it amazing that whatever was on screen, you just would sit and watch? Yeah. Even though, you, why would you want to watch this movie at, at that age? And I have a confession to make that at that age, and I would like to blame my sister for this, Boy. is I got hooked on Young and the Restless. <laughs> and the only reason is because you just sat and watched TV. So my yeah. sister started watching Young and the Restless. Actually, I don't know if mom and dad know this either, Marianne. I, my apologies. She's going to get grounded. Yeah, yeah, big trouble coming. But yeah. I watched a lot of Young and the Restless. Yeah. And so it still affects me. Just trying to break free from it, not an easy path. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot you still need to work on here. Bob. Yeah, there's a there, you're making progress, but uh, there's work to be done here. Yeah, well, this is the whole point of this podcast is the yeah. therapy for us. Yeah, so this is yeah this is our private therapy that we're putting out on the internet for absolutely everyone to hear. Do you remember what part of the movie She's Like the Wind played? No, not at all. So it took place in the. Scene. I also haven't seen it in about thirty years. So. Oh, okay. So I've actually I made up for lost time. I might have watched it five times in the last couple of years. Yeah. For all I know. <laughs> and there's a scene where Patrick Swayze is kind of breaking up with Baby. What's his yeah. name? His name's Johnny. Yeah, Johnny and Baby. So Johnny's breaking up with Baby, mm-hmm. or at least he's leaving. And he says something like, "I I'm never sorry. I'll never be sorry for." What happened between us? And she says, neither will I. And then the, the music plays. Yeah. That that opening. Yeah, the, the was opening it piano. Piano. Was it was it was it synth? Should we ask should we ask Mike if it was synth? Yeah, we should. We yeah. have uh we haven't brought this up because that's in a future episode, but uh, oh, yeah. we do have a frequent listener who lets us know when we get the wrong instrument. But it definitely yeah. involves keys. It's a keyboard of sorts. Yeah. 
So it starts with that keyboard plays and then Johnny gets into his car and drives away. Yeah. My issue is when he drives away, he drives away super fast and so spits up dirt and stuff. Yeah. But he could have hit her in the face with some gravel or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, just little, little nitpicks about the movie. Well, Johnny was a bad boy. He was. That's true. Boy, could he dance. Yes. <laughs> I'll never be sorry. Neither will I. Okay, so let's now move into the song proper. (laughs) We're not talking about the movie for the entire time and our our issues with our older sisters making us watch this this video this uh, movie. Yeah, we'll have to. We should confer with Rachel to see what she thinks about all this too. (laughs) Marianne should hang out with her. I think they'd be. I think I think they'd uh, they get on well. Yeah. All right, we want to talk about the production of the song or lyrics first. Well, let's get into the production a little bit, right? Yeah. I'm assuming you're going to do the heavy lifting <laughs> on this one. I, uh, I mean, I do have the Wikipedia page open, so I, I can talk as to the uh, co-writer Stacy Widlitz and uh, something else. <laughs> did we did we mention that Stacy Widlitz was a co-writer? I don't no, want to leave. we just did. Oh, okay, there you go, Stacy. Just in case, so Patrick Swayze wrote it with Stacy. Yeah, and um, they it took until Dirty Dancing for them to actually get it put together. But the, the, this because he to was production. trying to sell it. Well, like we mentioned, it was supposed to be on. Uh, he was trying to sell it for the uh, the Grandview Grand yeah Grandview USA soundtrack and Youngblood, yeah. uh, which also has a uh, Rob Lowe in it. So basically, whatever movie he was on, he kept trying to get She's Like the Wind in. Yeah. So thank goodness it wasn't in The Outsiders. I don't think that would. Yeah, that would not play well there, I don't think. So this leads us to the production because he had a demo. He didn't have the completed song. Mm-hmm. And so a, the major part of this song, as in with most songs, is the whole production of it. And so the the group behind the Dirty Dancing soundtrack produced this song. And all the things I love about it are coming out of this, of course. I love Patrick Swayze's voice too. So yeah. I suppose that's a kind of a cop-out because production is everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm now I'm tying myself in a knot here. But I have written in my notes here, I have production is spot on. I also have it's in the pocket. And then in brackets, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. The production is definitely in the pocket here. Yeah, yeah. It's in the pocket. Yeah. The synths really, really pull it into the pocket, yeah. right? And the keys. <laughs> and the keys. Right. <laughs> so it starts with the keys, right? Or yep. at least it sounds, I want to say it's in the... <laughs> but it feels it's certainly a key it's not like a like a one of those pianos that they would have had in the at a saloon so it's yeah, certainly like a an old timey one yeah it's plugged into something i'm pretty sure it has some sort of effect to it yeah when it begins it's just those keys and a bit of a drum machine i think going mm-hmm. and that's it yeah and then you hear patrick swayze's voice yeah. start so what happens in the production here's what i got written down here because i was fascinated with this starts with those keys starts with that first verse and then he sings the chorus then the second verse has a bit of drums and guitar in it so it's getting a little more intense it's building it's that's right and then they give the chorus and then there's drums moving in that and then they 
he sings a little bit and he goes back to She's Like the Wind. Yeah. And now we have full on saxophone going and everything's just hitting up these high levels. And when you think you can't go any further, in comes Wendy Fraser. Yeah. Basically just bringing this up to... She brings it home like in the, Mm -hmm. in the, the end third of the song. Yes. She brings everything over the top. Right. Yes, which is okay. I know we're gonna <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. We need if we could only see you turning your hat backwards and and getting ready, that would be the moment. And Wendy Fraser comes up. Okay, when I said that line, I was convinced in my brain that Patrick Swayze was in Over the Top. Wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's an '80s movie yeah. for sure. That could be. That could. I'm sure there's a song that goes with that. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's like the, so you're right. It's the last third. So when I was following like the time signatures of the song, mm-hmm. that's the word time signatures. Sure. Sure. Okay. 115 is where I think the drums come in. Yeah. And then around 2.30 is where it's kind of all building up. But the song is almost four long. minutes long. Yeah. I think. yeah. So they still had a lot to go. So when Wendy Fraser comes on, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. When I was researching on this today and listening to it uh, a bit more, in my mind, I always thought this was a proper duet. Right. Uh, In my memory anyways, because it had been so long since I heard it, but it's not really, well, it's not a duet because it's it's Patrick Swayze, right? And then it's just Wendy Frazier at at the end and she, like I said, it brings it home, right? And just, uh, it, it all builds to that part where the two of them are singing. Well, if he's a Dave Steve, she'd be a Tom Hankey. If Dave, Steve, and Tom Hankey were both throwing pitches at the same time, yeah, at the end of a baseball yeah. game, yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a different. Can, can someone please please write into us and explain how baseball works? Why can't you have two pitchers at the same time? Well, it would certainly make a more fun game. Yeah, but by the eighth inning, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> so uh, that's me kind of giving the full production thing. I think we can take our time now to enjoy the production of the song. Is there, can you tell me your favorite parts of the song or favorite, so if you kind of work through, what what kind of gets you to the song right away? It's definitely the sax, because it, it's not played throughout, it's in yeah. two two big spots, right? Right, yeah. And and that's where it, the first time it builds and, and you think it's like, I'm at the top of the mountain. Yeah. Then it kind of brings it back down. And then the second sax pops in later on in the song. Yeah. And it brings you even higher. Yeah. Like you don't realize you thought you're at the top, but no, you're still going up. Because that first sax comes in so subtly, yeah. which is a great 80s production move. Yeah. Where you just kind of hear this sound like, hey, is that a sax? And it's like, oh, it's getting louder. Oh, that is a sax. Yeah. And then you hear it play and they kind of it does its thing. She's like the wind. Now, after we hear that sax, then just like you say, it comes in full force. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's uh, and that that's really the the part that like drives it home, right? Yeah, yeah I think. So that's my favorite part. I, I love what you're talking about, too. And I have that written down as yeah. well. 
But the very, very beginning, yeah. when you hear it begin, and then when Swayze sings, and then the keys play in between, yeah. it says, she's like the wind in my trees, and then it's, oh, what's it sound like? Oh. Sounds like keys. Yeah. The space in between his lyrics, yeah. just the music going on there is what always brings me to the song. As soon as I hear yeah. that that sound, it almost feels like they're... What do you call the, the wind thing? chimes? This, I feel like it's wind chimes, but almost, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. on a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> so everything's on a keyboard in my head, but well, yeah. <laughs> you, well they just put the wind chime setting, yeah, right? Exactly. It's there's no way it sounds like wind chimes at all. This is what I'm hearing in my head though. Yeah, like right now. Yeah. And as soon as you said that, that's what I'm hearing right now. Yeah. I'm hearing wind chime keys. Feel the breath in my face. Her body close to me. Can't look in her eyes. All right, uh, we got that. Keys in between the notes. We have the awesome sax. I love his voice in yeah. this. So I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to backtrack on something yeah. here. Just, but I, I, there's there's a definite theme I think with the with the songs and the parts that you and I like. What sticks out to you and what sticks out to me. You're subtle, and I'm really dramatic. I think. right, right. You like the you like the intro, you like the, the the setup, and I like the part where it's like everything's coming full force at the end and really yeah. dramatic and flourishy and and emotional at yeah. the end. Uh, I think that's why we, we make a good team. Like you you usually start out like better and then I come in and, and close things off. Yeah. So you're Tom Hankey. Yeah. And I'm the guy who did the other stuff. Because I wear glasses. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I shouldn't keep going back to Tom Hankey since it's oh, a blue. He was so good. He was, we're talking eighties too. Yeah. We're, talk, we we're talking eighties. Well eighties Blue Toronto Jays. Toronto Blue Jays, right? which yeah. is very specific. So this yeah. has somehow become a sports cast, which yeah. is like the last thing I ever wanted to do <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> but your sister's a big fan of the Blue. She Jays, is right? a big yeah, and this is in Marianne's honor. Yeah. This is a special episode for her. Yeah. So, um, Patrick Swayze's voice. Yes. There's something special about it because it's a trained voice, but not a pro voice to me. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, actually most actors can do this. They can all sing because they had to be in music theater. Yeah. So he could sing, he could dance, yeah. he could fight. Yeah. And this is, he is sort of the ultimate so he's man. So sing, dance, fight, act. He's a quadruple threat. Yeah. This is the ultimate guy yeah. to me because he also includes all the emotion. He can cry, mm-hmm. but then he can also punch your lights out. Yeah, we've seen Roadhouse. Yeah, and then he can just make out with whoever he wants to. Yeah. When I hear this song, though, I hear like it feels like I could hear so- an actor singing this on a stage. Yeah, this is what I f- and so I feel there's, like there's a stage. rawness to it. right? Yes, like it, it's not. We talked about the production, but his voice isn't overly produced. Yeah, and that's the great thing. There's a bit of an echo, I think, in there, but. Overall, it's just, you can tell it's Patrick Swayze. I didn't know it till, I think, years later. Sometime in the 90s, someone said, yeah. that's Patrick Swayze singing. And then I just realized, like, oh, my goodness, that's incredible. And then when I hear it, it doesn't, he didn't, his voice doesn't sound different at all. It sounds yeah. like Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah. But boy, what a voice. It's really good. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised he didn't have more of a musical career behind him. Yeah. Just a fool to believe I am anything she there's not a whole lot on wendy frazier uh in terms of research right yeah so i think the song would be great even without her but she makes the song amazing yeah 
And the way they sing together at the end always yeah. amazed me because first he sings, then she sings. Yeah. And then she a- sings, and then he just kind of comes in as she's singing, and then they trade off, but they overlap each other. Yeah, it's it's like a, a bit of an echo, a bit of a call and a call, call and response, response type thing, right? And a bit of an interruption. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's almost like she's – no, she's like the wind. And they, they would go over top of each other, but it yeah. was – it's so memorable. Okay, so we've hit production. Is there anything else in the production you... Uh, off the top of my head, there's there's not a whole lot that I know about the production. Well, I think we nailed it. I we think nailed. so, yeah. It's in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the pocket. We're in the pocket. <laughs> so, uh, how about the lyrics? I This is a... So, this would be a classic uh, simile song. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think of other songs that have like in the title. Like a rock. Yeah. Uh, this is better than yeah. like a rock. Yeah, I would think so. She's like the wind through my trees. She rides the night next to me. She leads me to moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. She's taken my heart, but she doesn't know what she's done. She's like the wind through my tree. She rides the night next to me. She leads me through moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. The one line, and and I'm kind of getting it, but I'm not. I can't. Maybe my my simple mind can't reconcile. But uh, yeah. she leads me through moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. Is she leading him all night long, and then it's you know the next day, and that's when he's getting burnt by the sun because he's chasing her for for the entire night. I don't know. That's a pretty good observation. That would also be uh, astute. Astute, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why they call you. Frank Astute. (laughs) That's a better reading than mine. Mine was, uh, so could this been have used in The Lost Boys because they're vampires? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's that's another Patrick Swayze movie, right? No, no, that's a... Uh, oh, damn it. Keith or Sutherland. Yeah, sorry, different... Keith or Sutherland. Yeah. Different singer. <laughs> different yeah, singer. Different singer. So that but th- that was a great line. She leads me through moonlight. So that's the idea that he's being led all through the night yeah. until, the, until the sun has come up yeah. when he gets burned. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, she's riding the night next to me. She rides the night next to me. What's she riding on? The night. The night. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... All right, that's a great verse. And then let's go to the next verse because this one's really powerful. I look in the mirror and all I see is a young old man with only a dream. I was uh, I was going to bring up that lyric too because um I was uh, I was thinking. So he writes this song in '84, so he's about 32 years old when he uh, when he writes this song. And I was I was looking back, you know, when I was 32, just like like you know I was. Was young, but you know you're young, old at that point, right? Yeah, and it, it, it was just like, okay, Patrick, I get it. You're a young, old man, like probably too old to be rocking the frosted tips. Unfortunately, like I did at 32, but you're still, you know, you're still young enough. Yeah, 
Would but you? you're old. Yeah. I look in the mirror and all I see is a young old man with only a dream. When you look at yourself now, do yes. you see an a young old man or just a man with only a dream? I see a shell of a man. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. This is this is all I have. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was therapy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. No, I, 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 I see an old man. I see an immature old man. How about that? So I'm old, but I'm really, you know, immature. So that makes me young, right? Yeah. That's, that's immaturity and young is the same thing. That's how you keep your youthfulness. Oh, absolutely. Am I just fooling myself that she'll stop the pain? Living without her, I'd go insane. Uh, this this part, I feel like they're definitely nailing the words that rhyme really well. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's also so over the top. Yeah. Am I fooling myself that she'll stop the pain? It's like, so wait a second. If they get together, he's still going to be in pain? So this is a man who's got issues. Yeah. He's, his, his pain's coming from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then he says, living without her, I'd go insane. And now it's it's getting kind of like, well, I'm getting a little worried here, getting Patrick. Getting a little stalkery. Yeah. I think a lot of the songs that we uh, that we go after, a lot of the love songs, um, definitely have a stalker sort of vibe to them, which... Let's not dig too deep into that. Yeah, don't, and please don't dig too deep into that and draw conclusions about Bill and I. Am I just fooling myself that she'll stop the pain? Okay, nineteen. So the 1980s is all about that sort of excess anyways. Yeah. So it makes sense in a song like this. Yeah. That would start that sort of subtle thing that I like. Then it goes just lyrically over the top where he's saying, I'm going insane. Like, oh, yeah. Patrick, what, what are you doing there? Yeah. And then, of course, it heads into like chorus, kind of chorus. Yeah. Chorus. Bridge. There, I don't even know. What's a bridge here? Just a fool to believe? Is that the bridge? Well, uh, a bridge... Um... Yeah, in, explain uh, this in, to me. In infrastructure terms is... It connects... It connects to two points. Yeah. So it's 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 like you can... Uh, I'm really showing my ineptitude for engineering right now. Right. Or for uh, your musicology as well. So I don't think... Well, if there was a land canal, I'd tell you what that is all day long. But that's a, that's a, that's a different podcast. So I don't... Just a fool to believe at the end there isn't leading a bridge to anything other than the end of the song. So is a bridge supposed to lead you to the end of a song? Or does no, it lead you to an, another chorus? A, a bridge usually comes from like between the chorus and a verse or between a chorus and a chorus. Or it, it just sort of... it's. You know, it bridges. Okay, so... It bridge bridges, Bill. I don't know how much clearer I can be. It's got to be one of these, I feel your breath in my face. There's a whole bunch of them. One of these is a bridge. The rest are just roads. I think the bridge, actually, and uh, I can can right now, I can see a lot of our listeners just openly frustrated for it by us because we don't know what the heck a bridge is in a song. We've brought it up on every podcast. <laughs> I think bridge. so. And I was like, this is one where I'm like, I actually don't know. Is that where, maybe the sax is playing really strong? Yeah, is that a bridge? That's a sax bridge, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. An instrumental? I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. We better go talk to somebody. Yeah. Beyond just a therapist, also a musicologist. 
Hopefully we knew someone that, you know, had a degree in music. Yes, exactly. Do your breath in my face Your body close to me Can't look in your eyes You're out of my league Just a fool to believe Just a fool to believe She's like the wind Okay, well, should we go to categories? Let's go into some categories yeah. here. All right. Well, what do you want to start with? Well, the one that I prepared for is the mixtape. Yes. So what else would be on this mixtape? Mm-hmm. And I think Love Lifted Us Up Where We Belong with Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warrens. Yeah. And that's from uh, Officer and Gentleman. So another yes. movie soundtrack. Another movie one. Yep. Yep. I have, let's see, I have Take My Breath Away from Top oh. Gun because I feel similar, like a similar feel, not yeah. not sort of theme, but feel. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's the what I was going at with the, the Joe Cocker. Yeah, that's the, a good call. Jennifer Warren's, yeah. Hungry Eyes, which is already on the soundtrack, yeah. fits really nicely. I would say every other song on the Dirty Dancing soundtrack would go on this mixtape, too. <laughs> it's true. You're just giving someone the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, basically. I made you this mixtape. <laughs> yeah. How about Against All Odds? Would you put that on this? Well, that could work. Yeah, because yeah. that's... I think so. Yeah, I mean, great drumming on that one. Mm, yeah, sure. I mean... Uh, also, I thought about this. Is ni- no, this might be this might be 1990, but it must have been Love by Roxette. Yeah, that that could work. That could work out. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. There's a mixtape. The potentials. Yeah. I also thought about you could do a mixtape on theme on Fools. You could put in What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers, and yeah. Everybody Plays the Fool by uh, the Neville Brothers. Yeah, I was thinking that one. Or is that Aaron Neville? Either way, it's one of the Neville brothers. Solo think, Aaron Neville. I, I think it might, yeah, it's just Aaron Neville, yeah. Because there's this, there's a line in here that says, just a fool to believe. Yeah. And then what a fool believes would be yeah. a response to it. Yeah. There's our call and response. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The song Universe, Here's mm-hmm. the, this is a bit of a stretch. Okay. I think you might like this. Previous episode, we did I'll Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. Yep. It ends with the female powerhouse voice yeah and this song also ends with a female powerhouse voice yeah and she's like the wind kind of feels like a ghost story yeah i would do anything for love is a ghost story yeah so i'm wondering if these could exist like anything for love is a yeah patrick swayze was a ghost he was another movie yeah except that's a 90s movie but still man what would is 91 do you think i think it's 90 or 91 yeah i can't remember he had quite a run there yeah so there, there's my other idea of a song universe. So yeah, Meatloaf versus Patrick Swayze. Uh, if if it's a straight up fight, then uh, Patrick Swayze's winning. Yeah, because he won already in Black Dog, yes. featuring Meatloaf as a bad guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's all <laughs> so coming it all together. Comes together. That's yeah. right. <laughs> People see Black Dog. It's amazing. Yeah, good luck. So, <laughs> Hallmark movie. Could this be a Hallmark movie? Like, well, this isn't really a fair question because it's already in a movie. It's already a movie. Yeah, I don't think you can... Dirty Dancing, not a Hallmark movie. No, no, no. It might be a Hallmark After Dark movie, yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah. Who else could sing this song? Ooh, it's tough because he's so good yeah. at singing this. I think Robert Downey Jr. could sing this song. Another actor. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because he did a pretty good version of The River by Joni Mitchell. Yeah. And so he could do it. Yeah. At that age, I don't think he had the self-control to be able to no, pull something I like this off. No, I think he may have been in 
one of his stints in rehab. Yeah. Now, Michael Bolton, I, I don't want him to touch this song. There's a subtlety about this yeah, song. That he couldn't that, do it. Yeah. I mean, I love Michael Bolton as much as the next person, but he sings with intensity. And yeah, yeah. Th- this is not that type of a song. Yeah. Also, you don't love Michael Bolton like the next person. You love Michael Bolton unlike any other person. <laughs> It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, my, Bill, Bill is my therapist. You know me so well. That's right. We, it has to be subtle. I think maybe a folk singer could do something with yeah. this. Maybe do something new, but it, it would have to like stay. Like Woody subtle. Guthrie. <laughs> yes, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Uh, Rod Stewart's songbook. No. <laughs> well, depends oh. on which version of it. Yeah, like which songbook? Are we on songbook twenty-seven? Or? Yeah, that's that's true. Okay, what type of song would this be? This is well, this is a romantic song. Yeah, it's is it a soft rock. It's yeah. adult contemporary. It's a it's a romantic song. I don't know if it's a it's not a, a sexy song. I think Liz would agree with us there. Yeah, yeah. but this is definitely glass of wine. Yeah, they're Cl- it, clicking the, it together. Yeah, and there might be a fireplace fire. involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Where would you hear this song? In a dentist chair. Yeah, that's a dentist chair song for yeah. sure. Because I've heard this at a dentist yeah. chair. <laughs> or in front of a fireplace with a glass of wine and, yeah. well, and a mop that looks like a girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, for This would be a wedding dance song. Yeah, this... this could be uh, well. I'm I'm sure it was the wedding song. For- I'd be interested because if you made this your wedding song, you're saying that your bride leads you to moonlight only to burn you with the sun. I, you know what? I I think back in the '80s, people didn't care about lyrics so much, yeah. and when it came to weddings, um, I think they just they got caught up in the emotion of it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, I I would definitely. Yeah. So it could be like a first marriage wedding song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doomed possibly. Yeah. And then I had also, like, I had this thing about talent shows. And everyone would do She's Like the Wind to a talent show because you yeah. could act out the whole song. Yeah. So this is a definite talent show song. Yeah. New category for you. What's that? What would this song pump you up to? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a list of three. You have, you have three things this song could pump you yeah, up for? Yeah. All right. Uh, one, sailing. Okay. okay. Yeah, I get uh, it. The wind. Kiting. So these are all just things that blow in the air. Yeah. I yeah. also... Uh, hot air ballooning. Hot air ballooning. <laughs> so I wrote this I wrote this down months ago because I looked at it and I had it already in my phone, but I had volleyball listed there. I don't know why I found that really funny that... So I always imagined playing, like, so I, I remember at school, people would play, like, Rage Against Machine to pump themselves up. Yeah. I'd love to play She's Like the Wind just yeah. to <laughs> take the air out of the sails if yeah. I could use yeah. the sailing metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think this song would pump me up for anything other than that date night with the mop girl, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got on that one. Well, where, where do we go from here, Frank? I think we close her off. Yeah. Okay. Marianne, I hope you appreciated our attempt to talk about this song that means so much to you. And hopefully you're able to uh, still keep doing whatever you're doing while you listen to this podcast and not have to stop and 
taking all those memories of that first dance. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if she has to like, if she'll be able to make it through all the way without stopping and listening to the entire song. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for uh, listening to us. And uh, maybe we're just fools to believe that we're all you need. <laughs>